Jesse County High School. Let's Talk Rowdy, the podcast where we dive into everyday topics for students, by students. Topritia Postcarotto. Bonjour, mi amis. Einen wunderschönen guten Tag, meine lieben Freunde. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> That's perfect. Okay, but before we begin, Marlon, translate, please. Please translate. Don't do that, Carla. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Can I do it? No. I'm yes, do it. you can do it. Translate, please. Wait, oh crud, I got to turn it on. Here we go. Kraftfahrzeug, Haftpflichtversicherung. <laughs> yeah, um, Natalie and Cordell are just making fun of German language. That's I it. am this, not this, making this fun of German language. This is a word for language. car insurance in German, it's apparently. Yeah, You're the one that asked uh, to translate it. Okay, yeah, well, that... that translate the word. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> like, why do you guys have such long words like that? I have no idea. I didn't make German language. I just speak it. You just speak it. Okay. Uh, well, somebody say something. Well, welcome <laughs> to the Let's Talk Rowdy yeah. podcast, everyone. This is our second episode, and today we're talking to Mr. Godby at, about Think of Farmer February. There we go. That's perfect. So okay. We yeah, should introduce ahead, ourselves ahead. again. Okay. So, <laughs> this is not Just good. introduce yourself. This, this is not flowing as well as the last one. No, but, it's um, okay. We're less formal today. We are okay. not talking to our superintendent. We're talking to a teacher. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm Cordell. I'm Natalie. I'm Marlon. And I'm Mr. Godby. Awesome. Okay. So uh, I guess first off, could we just, um, can you give us a little bit more information about uh, what you guys do for Think of Farmer Month and maybe for FFA? Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm the ag teacher here at the high school and also the FFA advisor. And um, this is an important month for us. There's a lot of activities going on, but um, overall, we call this Think of Farmer February. So we're doing a special focus on showing appreciation to farmers for all that they do for our community. And we've got some, uh, some special focuses for this, too, uh, trying to bring to light some of the issues that face farmers and, and people involved in agriculture. And, and one of those is about mental health and uh, helping people to understand the things like the suicide rate among farmers in in our nation and how really there's some alarming statistics there and and um, basically we want to make sure everybody knows that uh, how important farmers are to our community and one thing we can all do is show the appreciation to the people who produce the food that we eat every day yeah uh that's good and um farmers do a lot they do a lot don't they guys yeah it's, it's they like, do. <laughs> like, especially here in <laughs> if our it wasn't for them, like we really wouldn't be alive honestly yeah and also, I think it's pretty impressive. Like you, you go, you wake up at like like six a.m. or something. You're completely tired, and then you see like all the farmers out there, like like uh, mowing their like acres or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's like I always think that's a very very exhausting, exhausting job. It is, and you know this is the this is the time of year when farmers are more at rest. You might think because growing season hasn't started yet, and but really. Farmers are doing a lot of things behind the scenes right now. This is the time where you fix everything that you broke last year. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and you think that they're not putting in all those long hours, but when you go back and look, there's a lot of things that they're doing to prepare for this year. So you spend a lot of time working just so you can go to work. And so, you know, when the springtime comes and plants start to grow, that's when those long hours are going to kick in. 
that you're going to see, but there's a lot of long hours going in now that you don't see. And that's one of the things we want to bring to light for people is, is how much work goes into this occupation of, of agriculture and then how much un, unseen stuff is going on too because a lot of these farmers are dealing with some really important problems, you know, and, uh, and it can become overwhelming. And I, I was reading some stuff about it here recently and trying to brush up a little bit for you guys and, and people just telling stories about how they felt like they were in a pressure cooker because they had, uh, you know, you think about it. An old farmer told me one time, he said, I just bought my own job when he was talking about farming. And, and really that's, if you think about it, that's kind of what he did. He, he had to put all of his money and all of his earnings into, into creating his own opportunity. And then you have to depend on the plants to grow and the weather to cooperate and, and everything to go just right so that you can make enough money to, you know, see your family through. And that creates a lot of pressure for farmers and, and a lot of times they're, they're suffering and they don't let anybody know it. And that's one of the things that, that uh, we really want to focus on this year for Thank a Farmer February is, is understanding that we know that those things are going on and we want people to understand it. Yeah, it's also a thing that I was thinking of right now. Like, you put all this work in, like, especially in the time when you fix it and you, like, you prepare all that and then you, like, do all that stuff and then you don't even know if it pays off at the end of the year because if, like, if the weather cooperates yeah. or, you know, like, it can happen that you, like, don't have any profit at the end of the year. Like, Right. You know? There's all sorts of stuff that can happen. Yeah, like that's a, true. Like you could lose your crops in a flood. You could have seeds that just don't want to grow. You don't have enough rain. There's plenty of things that can happen. Right. And and like you were saying, you know, there's no guaranteed prices here. There's, uh, you know, you, you buy with the intention that things are going to hold up and, and continue to go well. But if the, the markets fall and all of a sudden your your product is not worth what you anticipated it being worth, you still sell it, even though you might sell it at a loss. And, you know, these farmers have have built all this capital into their farm. They can't just cut out and sell out and quit just because they didn't make money this year. You, you have to look at the long haul. The long term is maybe I didn't make money this year, but I have to maximize the money I make next year. So when you're when you're profitable, you're trying to maximize profits. And when you're not profitable, you're trying to just kind of hang on. And that's what creates a lot of the issues that, that fall into this farmer suicide uh, issue that comes up is, you know, it's hard to hang on sometimes through those lean times. And, and just being able to reach out to people and know that, you know, people care and people understand and, and um, realize that this is a problem. And, and we haven't seen it a lot here, you know, specifically in Casey County, but Uh, there are some numbers, and if I can, yeah, sure, go ahead. If I can find them here, <laughs> I was reading some stuff about, uh, I believe, in Kentucky between, I think it was 2012 and 2017, there were like 109 farmer suicides in Kentucky. That's and a lot. That's, that's a lot. Yeah, and um, you know, it's really sad to think about that, and you start thinking about what could we, what can we do, you know. And so much of it is out of our control. We can't control the weather. We can't control market prices. Um, we're kind of at the mercy of our of our industry in that way. But one thing that we can do, all of us can do, is we can make sure people are appreciated. 
make sure that people know that we care and try to understand what what's going on you know uh, understanding where your food comes from is hugely important whether you live on a farm or you don't and um, I think farmers appreciate that they appreciate people in the community maybe people who live in the city even who don't have a thing to do with the farm at least if they're trying to understand you know the importance of agriculture that that farmer then feels like hey I'm I'm doing something for people who care about me and who who want to understand me a little bit better. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that would give them will give them a pretty good feeling and will make their lives a little bit happier at least, yeah. even though it might not solve the financial problems. Yeah, I, I don't know much about farming. Well, I mean, I'm, I was raised on a farm and stuff with like cows and stuff, but like we've never really had like acres and acres of crop and stuff like that, but like I tried one year to grow a garden, and oh my gosh, that is the, one of the hardest <laughs> things ever. I can only imagine what it's like to do it on a big scale, you right. know, garden like have hundreds today. of acres, you know. Yeah, I we can't. I can't imagine doing it on hundreds of acres. We have one little garden that we grow food in just for ourselves and my family. Like we have one at my house. My uncle has one, and then my a few of my aunts have them, too, or my aunts have them too, and some of my cousins grow some things. But we don't grow to sell things right what we sell on our farm is cattle right we just grow for ourselves and that's just a few little gardens garden plant garden planting for us takes about a day and if you need to go out and get more then it's just like a few more hours here and there it's not you don't have to look at like the like uh you don't have to like account for anything really it's just oh if i'm out of seeds i just go downtown grab some seeds but right. like you're for not, farmers you you have a you have a, a lot more responsibility right you're not running on a margin you know yeah. where where if i don't if i don't uh, if my crop fails this year i'm not going to make my house payment you know you're not running on that mm-hmm. kind of issue but there's farmers that that are in our community you know there's farmers that that are doing that they've got you know thousands and thousands of dollars worth of seed in the ground and you know they're dependent on Mother Making nature. that money back. Right. It, you know, that's how they're buying their clothes for their kids and, you know, paying the mortgage and all those kind Putting of things. Putting food on the table. Right. Even if they're eating their own food, if the crop fails, then there's no profits left to buy things like that. And then right. you don't have stuff that you would have if your profit di- if your crops didn't fail. Right. But even the little things you guys are describing, um, if you put out your own garden and you understand how hard it is, yeah. that gives you a little peek into their life. And even though you might not understand everything that's going on, you know, you don't run combines and you might not go to the stockyards and watch the cattle sale and all that kind of thing, you you do have a little glimpse of what it's like. And, and sharing those connections with farmers, I think, helps them because then they know, you know, maybe I'm not as far removed from from this generation as as I thought I was. You know, maybe people understand me a little bit. Maybe they don't understand everything we go through. But they're trying, and they're they're trying to understand a little bit about about me, and you know those kind of things become real important. And I don't care if you're talking about farmers or or who you're talking about, you know, just that connection with people and uh, being understood by people is good for our mental health. And and farmers are not going to come to you and say, "Hey, I'm struggling with mental health issues." You know, we're, we're supposed to be the tough. <laughs> I mean, guys. who does yeah. that? Farmers like, are no so one does that. Stubborn you know? people. They can be yeah. stubborn people, and they're the ones that are up at six o'clock in the morning and 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 doing work. You know, not up at six. They've been up and and they're working at six o'clock, and then 
they're not going to bed till well after dark. And so sometimes even like sleep deprivation can become issues. You know, that compounds the problems that sometimes they're facing. And, you know, you're trying to beat the weather this week and, you know, you got all these issues that go on and it creates that pressure cooker I was telling you about. And, uh, you know, those, those kind of issues like that become some of the things that, uh, that we can see as could possibly create and I hate to use the term mental health issues because it's the same thing we all face in life. It's stress. So farmers aren't going to come up to you and say, I'm really struggling with, with my thoughts right now. But they will talk to you about stress, you know. So I think that's an important thing, too. If, if you're trying to connect with people, and it's not just necessarily farmers, you know, nobody probably is really, you know, few people are probably going to come up and talk to you about, you know, I'm really struggling with my mental health, but they might talk to you about the stressors in their life, you know, the pressure cooker that they feel like they're in. And that's really important for us to be able to communicate with people and share our stresses with each other. And whether you're talking to farmers or a classmate or whoever, I think those things are, are really, really uh, you know, great ways for us to open the lines of communication. So I always encourage people, you know, whether you're talking to farmers or whoever, you know, just talking to people and listening, those are just keys to mental health for any of us. What are some ways that, especially the kids in our community, can show the farmers here that we appreciate them? That's a good question. We're doing a few things with our ag department, and anybody in the school is welcome to join in. You don't have to be an ag student to do it. We are kind of focusing, myself and Miss Godby downstairs, we're, we're focusing with um, our ag students, but you know any student in the in the whole district is welcome to get involved. Um, one thing we're doing is we're we're writing thank you notes, and we're going to get those out to farmers this week, and and they're just handwritten notes. We've got cards downstairs, and if you want to join in, you can do that. I think there's some posters maybe in the cafeteria that students are signing. Um, just little things like that. Um, one thing we're doing, we're partnering with uh, Case County Farm Bureau. And we're having these little yard signs made up. Thank you, farmers, for all you do. And we're going to put those out in our yards and, and make them available to anybody. Just getting the word out in the community. And then one thing we were going to do, too, we had this idea about uh, doing something for farmers. And and uh, Miss Godby and I were talking about it. And she said, what's something that we could do that farmers would really appreciate? And I said, well, I always appreciate a 9 wrench because that's the size wrench that I need all the time, and I lose them and everything. And so we actually found a supplier who would sell us like 750 wrenches oh, wow. of that size, and we're going to have those engraved with you know, something like, thank you, farmers, for all you do or something, and we're going to give those to farmers in the community. And then so, you know, you're always wanting that wrench, and if you reach in your pocket and, and there it is and it says thank you, you know, somebody thought of me today. And so that's that's some of the things that we're trying to do, just some, some little activities like that. Yeah, that's, that's, pretty, that's cool. pretty cool. Yeah. I would have never thought of that. <laughs> nine sixteenths. For anyone listening that's a farmer, <laughs> you need a nine sixteenths. Yeah, if you're looking for a, a present for your <laughs> grandpa or something on Father's Day, you can't go wrong with a nine sixteenths. <laughs> Half inch works pretty well, too. And, and if you want to go metric, you know, the 10 millimeter, the 12, the 14. There's, those are some common ones that you use. So that, no, there's I, your tip for the day for Father's Day. 
Well, no I way else understand what we're talking about. <laughs> I think we should point out that, like Mr. Gobby said, there are things going on in the ag department for Think of Farmer Month right now. If you're a student listening at the high school, go down there and participate. Get a card. Do something like that. Show your appreciation. Absolutely. Or maybe for our international listeners, our Mar- a.k.a. Marlin's, Marlin's friends. friends and family. <laughs> Thank you for listening, by the way. Uh, yeah. I, I don't, how, do you have farms over there? Yeah, we do, but not as much. Most, as most, of yeah, food, like most of the food we eat comes from the United States. Yeah, isn't Germany like <laughs> the size of Texas or something like that? It's smaller, I think. Oh, oh. I don't know. <laughs> uh, and, and that's a good point. You know, we, we forget sometimes is agriculture is very global in scale. And, and I always tell my students that uh, you live in the world's grocery store. Yeah. So, you know, we produce a lot of food. So when you, when you see these big big fields of corn and soybeans and, and even the beef cattle that are here in, in Casey County, Kentucky, that may end up on somebody's table, you know, halfway across the world. And so we're not just feeding our little community. We're, we're feeding people all over the country and all over the world. And, and uh, that's a big responsibility. And, and farmers kind of, kind of bear some of that weight uh, of the global market, you know, cause those global markets can change overnight. And, you know, all of a sudden, those cattle that you were getting a thousand dollars a head for, and now you're getting eight hundred dollars a head for. That, that ends up being a big difference. Yeah, another thing, especially I, on a larger scale, that's a very yeah, big right. difference. Another thing I'd be interested in is like, uh, so like buying a farmer ranch is cool, but it won't really like help them with their financial profits. So, is there anything we can like, like do that like helps them like on their f- from the financial perspective, like right. also like not in February, like just that we just year. like change in our lifestyles. Right. If I can say that like is that. an awesome question. I'm glad you brought that up. Yes. Yeah. And, and it's one of the things I probably should have already mentioned. <laughs> um, a lot of farmers, you can buy their products straight off the farm. So uh, if I'm raising cattle, by the way, um, and, and even though I might normally sell my cattle at the, uh, stockyards for a certain price you can actually talk to some some people actually do market their products online and you know through word of mouth or whatever but you can talk to those people and say hey can I can I buy my beef from you and they, they might say well I can't just sell you a few steaks but I can sell you a calf and so they can sell you a whole beef or maybe a half beef you know um, we do that on our farm all the time we'll raise a beef and then have it slaughtered and you know i could sell that beef um, i can sell the live animal and then i can take it to the processor to have it processed and then but there you're buying meat in bulk um you can't just for the most part you can't just buy individual cuts of meat but when you're talking about vegetables and things like that you can buy those from farmers markets and roadside and and places like that so those are some actual, you know, dollars and cents that you really can put in the farmer's pocket. It cuts out the middleman. And yeah. so, you know, he's getting or she's getting the the higher profits by you buying directly from them. And another thing that you didn't like have is like you know where like your beef is from, you know. You know right. that you're you maybe you might even saw the cattle before or right. something when it was like wandering around around and stuff or you saw like the the acre with like the right potatoes do you have potatoes here in kentucky yeah yeah 
you see where the potatoes are growing <laughs> and stuff. So I don't yeah. know how to grow a potato, but <laughs> yeah, but like you, you know, when when you buy it from a local farmer, you know where it's from, and you know right. that there is no like chemicals in it or something. It's like well, it's like local, right? You you know the people who, yeah. who produce the food, and and you you saw that they were caring for those animals and that they were taking good care of them, and you're rewarding that person who you saw working, you know that. And and you saw them up at six o'clock in the morning, you, and so you feel yeah. a little better about spending your money when you're spending it with that guy who I know is is doing things the right way. So yeah, that's great. All right, so we're going to take a quick break, real quick, and we'll come back with some more questions. So we're back from the break, and I think I turned off the sound. If not, we'll, we won't be able to tell. So, anyways, um, <laughs> uh, we have uh, Lauren. It's just this random girl that walked in the room. Uh, we actually don't know who she is. Um, <laughs> actually, she is the what is it? Content supervisor or something. She like that? is our production yeah. and She's social our manager media manager. Yeah. yeah, you're a manager or something like that. She's you the most important part of the team. Yeah, she <laughs> that's questionable. I'm just kidding. <laughs> She okay. Manage, anyways, manages our socials. Yeah, yeah, that's what she does. Uh, anyways, uh, she has a question for Mr. Godby. So, with Marlon talking about all this financial stuff, is there any like charities or anywhere we can donate to help farmers out if they have a bad season? Well, I, I'm sure there are, and I don't have those those uh, groups in front of me, so um, I'm sure going to be able to find some some things online to do that with I, I really feel like the most important way you can help your farmer is to spend your money locally like and it's not you know it's not a charity to do that it's just you're giving the money to to the producer like we were talking about before and, and um, that person gets the benefits that maybe a middleman would get in, in another situation but uh we do have some partners, and, and there's a lot of partners out there. Uh, one of those partners is Case County Farm Bureau or the Kentucky Farm Bureau. We're, we're part of the Kentucky Farm Bureau, and that's a national organization too. There's an American Farm Bureau, and a lot of people think of Farm Bureau, they think of insurance, and that is part of it. But, you know, also to be a Farm Bureau member, you're part of an uh, advocacy group, a group that helps to uh, pave the way for farmers, who helps to – talk to the people in Frankfurt and Washington, D.C. about the needs of the local farmer. And that's one thing that that uh, we can touch on, too, is less than 2% of America's population are actually involved in production agriculture. So that's less than 2% of the voting population, but yet they produce 100% of the food. Yeah. You know, that creates some real issues there. And so we have to have people to advocate for us. We have to have people who educate um, you know, that's part of my job is to try to educate people about agriculture and, you know, to advocate for agriculture because we need somebody who can, you know, unless these politicians grew up on a farm or they're pretty closely related to a farm, and many of them have, but, you know, some of them, they need to be educated about 
even though this affects only 2% of your voting base, it feeds the entire voting base. So you better take care of them, you know. So that's one of the things that, that Farm Bureau does and just a, an outlet to support farmers. Um, there's all kinds of things um, through the Cooperative Extension Service, and we do have Cooperative Extension Service here in Casey County. Uh, every county has one. We've got an agent, uh, an agriculture agent, and they're a, a source of uh, information for farmers. Uh, we also have government programs through uh, the USDA. That's the United States Department of Agriculture and several other entities that can actually help farmers to get cost share programs and, and they can, you know, spend some of that money that the government has to be able to keep their farm going. So there's a lot of places, but as far as just a straight-up charity, that's one I don't have a real good answer for you on, but there are outlets for farmers and, and ways to help. Yeah, I, I did some research while you were talking, and there's this website. It's like farmaid.org, and it looks like they have a – it's like a, a bunch of – it's like a place like you can go to donate to help farmers. I'm not sure if this is this will affect our region at all, but uh, there's just one outlet someone can go to if they're interested. The Farm Aid concerts used to be a big deal back in the 80s. Oh. All these big stars would come out and put on this huge oh, there, music oh, wow. festival. Oh, there it is, Willie Nelson. Right Willie there. Nelson was the he big po- one. He yeah. pops right up. He was, he, he was the main guy behind that. And I know they raised millions and millions of dollars yeah, through the years for that. I think that's – that's. I never thought about that, like that you only have like 2% of the population or less than 2% of the population that are farmers. Right. But like – like from from the voting perspective that you that they only have like 2% influence even right. though they are like responsible for like all the food everybody right. eats and it's and you know even like with your podcast here and you're getting information out about that if we're helping people to see that there's you know a little more to the story than what we we <laughs> yeah. know then you know that's that's going to help everybody it's going to help the people consuming the food it's going to help the people producing the food it's going to help with the mental health of the farmer and, and reducing these suicide rates and things like that. So, um, you know, the more information we can get out, the, the better off we're all going to be. Yeah. And what I also think is, um, so in Germany, it's like without the government support, the farmer get, the farmers get in Germany, they wouldn't be able to, to right. like make profits. So um, the government like finances them so they can like do that. Um right. I don't know if it's that way here. I think it's not as extreme as in Germany because we have not very much right. farmers. We also have, don't have that much space. <laughs> um, so yeah, there are some some programs like that, and and you know you could really you could spend a lot of time looking at all those different programs. But uh, you know, um, if we can talk about that real quickly here in Casey County, when I was your guys' age, when I was growing up. Um, Tobacco was the big uh, crop around here, and everybody had a small acreage of tobacco. You know, I grew up working in tobacco my whole my whole life. We had a half acre to an acre, and all your neighbors did, and that's what everybody did around here. And part of that was because it was funded through uh, government subsidies, uh, or not subsidies, but the government gave a price support to it. So. You pretty well knew if you raised an acre of tobacco that you were going to be able to make three or four thousand dollars profit on it, and so that's pretty big money, uh, you know, 
because dad, like my dad, for example, he worked at the factory and we grew tobacco on his off time. So it was kind of like his second job when he came home and our family did it. And, you know, there's some extra money and, you know, that's, that's kind of how things went. And then through, through different chains of events, the, the tobacco companies uh, sold out of that. And so the government got out of that. So there's no longer price supports for tobacco. And therefore you don't see the tobacco fields in Case County that you used to. That's now been converted to a lot of it's in beef cattle production, a lot of it's in hay, and a lot of it's in corn and soybeans now. So, you know, things change through the years, and, and part of that's because of these government programs and how they change too. Yeah, that, that, that affected my family too because my grandpa, he was a tobacco farmer, and he did it for his job. It wasn't right. like a side side hustle or anything. That was his job. And then, like you said, the um, where the government start uh, stopped paying to help with the farmers doing that you know he noticed that there was a lot of people that that were around him that did tobacco and they were small farmers but and they just had to stop doing it because right. they it, couldn't afford it right it and i was one of those people you know we had half acre or whatever it was and and whenever the the tobacco buyout came along we we got our t- money from the tobacco buyout and then it's like we're not going to raise tobacco anymore because we don't have the price support to do it mm-hmm. and you know now, if you see a tobacco crop in, in this area, it's probably a big tobacco crop. That, that person's not raising an acre or two acres. It's going to be, you know, a big amount uh, of tobacco that's going to be grown. And, and, you know, we could take that story and multiply it by a lot of different types of agriculture products throughout the, the country. But that's basically what's happening. Yeah, I've, I've also read uh, something about that, like about the, the big things like that like it's kind of a problem that um, small farmers have more and more trouble to compete with the very very big ones right uh yeah but i think that also like shows us that we should buy more locally from right i think so too yeah from the from the farmers because we don't want them to like go go bankrupt and like lose right. their lives you know that's <laughs> right. kind of no one wants that and i think if you buy like like stuff at walmart it's probably from one of those big farms and not from the uh, local yeah, things? Yeah, yeah. Speaking of that, like, um, there's a difference between, like, uh, like home-raised, like, cattle and, like, the store-bought, like, right. beef. Because, like, we have, we have a couple, I think we have, like, 10 cows or something like that, and we had, like, a cow, and we, we sent it off to get a, a bu- butchered. Is right. that the right word? Right. Yeah, or slaughtered. I don't know. I, I like butchered better. <laughs> slaughtered sounds too... <laughs> Too bad for a podcast, but um, but you can tell a difference in like the meat, like it tastes different, right. and I think it I think looks it's, different. It does, yeah. Like the the one at like if you go to Walmart, it looks like really red, but like the one at home, like the home raised one, like that one, it looks like authentic. You know what I mean? <laughs> I understand what you're saying. It it becomes a, a a thing about volume, really. You're talking about one animal that gets you know processed locally. And so that's the, the meat from that one animal. So if you're buying hamburger at, at uh, Walmart, then you're talking about there were thousands of cattle that were run through that process that day, and, you know, that meat is grinded up, and it's, you know. So that's why you see it, it's more uniform, you know, because it's got the meat from all these different animals that's, that, that makes it a little bit look a little bit different. But... Here's the thing, 
those animals that are processed and end up in Walmart and Kroger and places like that, they came from farms in places like Casey County, Kentucky. When you sell a calf here at, say, six or 700 pounds or whatever from, from your local farm, when you go to the stockyards and sell it, it doesn't go straight to a processor right then. It goes out to a feedlot out in the Midwest somewhere. So it might go to Texas, Kansas, Iowa, somewhere like that, and it'll spend some time in a feedlot, and it'll be fattened. It'll be, you know, it'll go from 800 pounds to 1,200 pounds, you know. And so it's going to mature a little more. It's going to put on a lot more beef. It's going to put on some fat cover, and then it's going to go to the processor. So those animals are going to look a little different but they're actually animals that came from a family farm in places like uh, Kentucky, you know, right here at home. So, you know, it's it's regional in some cases, and you know, it's national in some other cases too. Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that, that I, surprised I, me. Like I thought there was just one, like a factory for cows so <laughs> out, out there in America. <laughs> and, just like, and there's <laughs> just like at one after the other. Uh, this one's going to Walmart. This one's going to Kroger. <laughs> and if you watch a lot of stuff online, you're going to see. They're going to call things factory farms, and they're really going to come down hard on that. And and in some cases, I see what they're talking about, but most of those factory farms are just people like us in another place where they're dealing in bigger volume. You know, instead of raising cows with calves like we do here in Casey County, they're ra- they're doing a feedlot where they're feedlotting out these cows, but they're still families just like we have families here. They just might be dealing with 30,000 head of cattle, you know, and they've got several employees and, you know, all that kind of stuff instead of, you know, dad and grandpa have got 30 cows with, with the cash from them. You know, it's yeah. just a it's a different business model, but it's not a factory like, like they try to make <laughs> it out to be because, you know, most of the people who farm in this country are family farmers just like what you see around here. They just got a little bit different structure to how they have to handle things, and sometimes different volume. Yeah, not not everything is black and white. That's correct. That's exactly right. Some cows are though. <laughs> Holsteins, especially. <laughs> oh, okay, that's what. They're I Holsteins. think we might need to use this one for that joke, Cordell. Use it. Do it. I, I don't even know which one it is. What? This. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there it is. Oh. Crickets. <laughs> oh. Maybe this I, one. L- yeah, that uh, one's better. That f- yeah. yeah, okay. Okay, yeah. Natalie's fascinated with the soundboard over here. I love our soundboard. <laughs> I, I think it's like a bunch of just stock sounds, cliche sounds. You know what I mean? We have laughter and applause, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, I think that that showed pretty good that we should all be very thankful for our farmers. And also maybe that if you come home from work, like it happened to me a couple times, and you see like like a tractor in front of you, and it's like slow, and you go, oh, "Why is that tractor?" Again? I think that right that this helps people to like have like, okay, they do so much work for us, and we should more appreciate that, and then maybe don't rage and yeah, wave at them. So exactly, yeah. be kind. Yeah, yeah, be be kind. That's right. And, and um, I, I've had a lot of fun talking with you guys today, and and. I love talking agriculture. You can tell I've, <laughs> <laughs> I've pretty much covered the whole We've history of agriculture We've today. We've learned a lot today, yes. Yeah. I appreciate you guys having me on. One thing I want to bring up that I forgot to earlier, um, there are a couple of hotlines that, you know, we were talking about 
mental health issues and suicide prevention and those kind of things with with people in agriculture. And I, I'd like to get those numbers out if I could. Yeah, we sure. can link those. Yeah, we can, we link, can link them yeah, on okay. our Instagram. Uh, Lauren, can we put them on TikTok? Yeah, oh, we can try to put them on TikTok. You can just read them out right here okay. so people hear the them. And Lauren is going to put them on Instagram. There's a right? national suicide prevention hotline. And, and I think, you know, this is not limited to people in agriculture. This is a suicide prevention hotline. 1-800-273-8255. And then there is also a crisis text line that you can text. And you text the word hello to 741741. righty. So, all right. So, those are the two hotlines you can call. Yeah. Oh, or text. <laughs> You're showing me a note. You can call or text those, and it's. Okay. Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can do this. Yeah, you can So, yeah. as we're nearing the end of our podcast, we want to ask you a little bit about the FFA and Ag programs we okay. have in the school. I think you should talk about those a little bit so we get some of our kids here a little bit more interested and educated in what we have going on. Okay. Uh, I'm the Ag teacher, and, and uh, also Miss Jenny Godby is the other Ag teacher here at the high school, and we teach several different classes. Um Everything from uh, principles of agriculture to agri-science, um, small power and equipment. Uh, she's going to be starting a greenhouse class, I think, next year. Um, there's, there's several different classes there. And then we have our FFA program, focuses a lot on leadership activities. And um, I, I'm kind of partial to FFA. I don't think there's a, a club out there that does a better job at leadership development than uh, Casey County FFA does. So awfully proud of our students and our program and would love to have any of you come down and say hi or be a part of us. Yeah, All right. So if any of you guys have any questions, I advise going to talk to one of our ag teachers down in the basement. Unless you're in Germany. Unless you're in Germany. <laughs> uh, you can just call, I guess. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> okay. All right. We have reached the 40 minute marker and all righty. I'm going to say bye-bye in Greek. Antio. Au revoir. Auf Wiedersehen. <laughs> See y'all later. <laughs> there we go. Well, we thanks go. for listening to the podcast today, guys. And go back don't and forget to subscribe and leave a rating. Go back and listen to the first one if you haven't follow yet. Yeah, and Lauren said follow us on TikTok. And Instagram. Oh, and Instagram. Do we have a Facebook page yet? We do not have a Facebook page. Okay. We'll get better next time. Yeah. Maybe we'll have one by next time. We'll let you know. Or maybe right. we'll have one when we put this up. We'll see. We don't know. All right. We'll link all the socials. All right. Uh, I'm going to stop it now. Okay. Well, bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you.